The ACB E-Forum, Volume 58, June 2020, Number 12. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Jess Garrett in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 518-906-1820 and choose option 8. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 518-906-1820. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2020, American Council of the Blind, Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor, 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents President's Message Summer Breezes and New Adventures by Dan Spoon One Number, Two Mainstreams, Three Great Ways to Listen ACB a Path to the Future, by Janet Dickelman. Conventions and Conventions, by Paul Edwards. Continuing Education, A Path to the Future, by Carla Rushevel. Walking Up a Storm, Virtual Style, by Donna Brown. Stay at Home and Bid on Items in the ACB Easy Chair Auction. MMS is Going Virtual, by Kathy Brockman. Mini Mall Headlines by Carla Rushevel. Affiliate and Committee News. Wine and Song 
by Peter Altschul. Reader's Memories of Lynn Heddle. Passings. Book Review. Fairbairns, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes. Vision Loss and Personal Recovery. The title says it all. By Kate Crohan. Edited by Cynthia Hawkins. High Tech Swap Shop. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office. 1-800-424-8666 or via email s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce Listserv. Send a blank email to a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e-s-u-b-s-c-r-i-b-e at a-c-b-l-i-s-t-s dot org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. ACB Radio's main menu is the talk of the town when it comes to technology. Check it out at www.acbradio.org. President's Message Summer Breezes and New Adventures By Dan Spoon It is the time of year when our thoughts and memories remind us of June weddings, the beginning of warm summer breezes, and the final few weeks leading up to another annual ACB conference and convention. A chance to rekindle relationships with old friends, enjoy the excitement of finding new acquaintances, and explore fresh, unforeseen adventures. The theme for ACB's 2020 convention is A Path to the Future. How appropriate. The excitement of newlyweds exploring their path to the future with unbridled optimism and a little bit of trepidation is how many of us feel headed into our third month of life with the coronavirus. We are all dealing with a new family lifestyle. It's like an extended honeymoon, only without the travel destinations and with the children and other family members in the honeymoon suite. It's been an opportunity to explore new hairstyles, reassess the meaning of work-life balance, and embrace that new exercise routine that you have been putting off for the last five years. Seriously, these unique times have brought out the best in our ACB family. I am so proud of how we have all come together as an organization. The community chats have energized our membership. Special thanks to Cindy Van Winkle for coordinating over 100 special town hall get-togethers, where our ACB members and friends have an opportunity to share their feelings in a safe social environment, learn about the latest assistive technologies, gather new recipes, practice relaxing yoga poses, discuss advocacy issues, share sports stories, enjoy art and music, ask questions of audio description experts, and learn tips and tricks 
to improve your daily lives during this pandemic. The ACB radio team is doing an outstanding job working with the convention committee to plan the 2020 convention. There will be five simultaneous radio broadcasts over eight days with over 100 Zoom sessions. One channel will be dedicated to the exhibit hall. Another channel will feature audio-described tours, and the other three channels will feature general sessions, primetime evening events, and countless breakout sessions. The opening session will be on Sunday evening, July 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and the Monday through Friday morning general sessions will start at 10 a.m. Eastern to include the West Coast. Sorry to all my friends in Hawaii, but we will replay each day's events for your listening pleasure. This is a tremendous undertaking for our organization. I know that with our excellent ACB staff and our wonderful member volunteers, this virtual convention will be a tremendous success. But we need your help. We greatly appreciate everyone's support and willingness to go the extra mile. Here's how you can make a difference. This convention will offer all ACB affiliates, committees, and members a chance to participate in an ACB convention without leaving the comfort of their living rooms. Please register and invite a friend. Participate in the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. Join the monthly monetary support MMS program. Bid at the Easy Chair Auction and support ACB during the affiliate roll call. This is a challenging financial time for our organization. Together, we can create a bright future for our community. Show your love for ACB and enjoy this honeymoon adventure cruising down a path to the future. I can't wait. One number, two mainstreams, three great ways to listen. For years, ACB has used a service called Audio Now to provide our content to you over the phone. We had two numbers, one for ACB radio streams and the other for ACB publications, such as the ACB Braille Forum. Well, say goodbye to having to keep track of two numbers. Audio Now has changed its name to Xeno Media. With this change, we are introducing one number for all of ACB's content, both ACB radio and publications. Call anytime, 24-7, and listen to your heart's content. It's as easy as using a telephone. The number is 518-906-1820. While we're on the subject of change, we have implemented two versions of ACB Radio Mainstream. Mainstream East, all times Eastern, and Mainstream West, all times Pacific. This allows us to have more scheduling and listening flexibility on Mainstream. We have introduced many new shows with still more to come. Now, when you hear scheduled showtimes, they will apply to both time zones. For example, since Main Menu plays on Friday night at 9 p.m., you will hear it at 9 p.m. Eastern on Mainstream East and at 9 p.m. Pacific on Mainstream West. We hope this enhances your ability to tune into the shows that may have been trickier to catch at a comfortable time. Remember, there are three ways to tune in to ACB Radio. On the web at www.acbradio.org. Using ACB Link for Android and iOS, as well as Amazon Echo devices and various other radio listening options on these platforms. Your telephone by dialing 518-906-1820. ACB Radio. 
the pulse of ACB. ACB, A Path to the Future, by Janet Dickelman. We're getting set for the 2020 Virtual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind, and our new theme, A Path to the Future, really symbolizes our change to a virtual environment. Since we are not having an in-person gathering, we were able to extend convention dates from Friday, July 3rd through Friday, July 10th. The convention will open with the ACB board meeting. Special interest affiliates, committees, and our business partners will hold sessions during all eight days of the convention. Opening general session will be Sunday evening, July 5th. Daily sessions will run Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Each evening, there will be special programming. Friday, July 3rd, Friends in Art Showcase of the Performing Arts. Saturday, July 4th, 2019 Fireworks from the Capitol in Washington, D.C., audio described by Joel Snyder. Sunday, July 5th, Opening General Session. Monday, July 6th, an industry update from the Audio Description Committee. A review of the opportunities for AD at the movies on broadcast television, via streaming, or by smartphone apps. Tuesday, July 7th, ACB Easy Chair Auction. Bid and win from your easy chair. Over 60 items with exciting vacations, scrumptious treats, latest technology, and unique crafts. Wednesday, July 8th, Smart Access in the Home. Rapid developments in high-tech home appliances and accessible smart home interfaces have transformed the way many consumers who are blind and visually impaired navigate the world from the comfort of their own couch. Join us as we break down where these trends are headed and learn how you can make informed and affordable choices toward making your own home accessible. Thursday, July 9th. Advocacy Updates with Clark and Claire. Friday, July 10th. ACB Banquet, which will include the presentation of awards and a keynote speaker, longtime audio describer Roy Samuelson. What else are we planning? Exhibit Hall. Yes, we will have a virtual exhibit hall with all your favorite companies and some new ones, too. You can access the hall on ACB Radio from your computer, smart device, or your telephone. There will be a calendar each day to let you know the presentation schedule. Tours, anyone? Everyone loves visiting our tour venues. We can't do that in person this year, but we will even have a virtual tour channel with audio-described tours including the White House, the Star-Spangled Banner, the flag that inspired the National Anthem, the National Portrait Gallery, audio description of selected presidential portraits, the Holocaust Museum Houston Main Gallery AD Tour, the Wright Brothers National Memorial, the Klondike Gold Rush National Historic Site, the Econa Lufty Visitor Center National Park Service, the Bell Museum of Natural History, and the Mount Rushmore Society. There will be many more virtual tours added to the tour channel, so stay tuned. 2020 Virtual Convention Registration Want to win door prizes? Support ACB Special Interest Affiliates? Receive recognition as an ACB sponsor? Receive the conference program in the format of your choice? Read the daily newspaper and participate in live events? Your $25 registration fee includes all these benefits and more. Register for the 2020 ACB Virtual Convention. 
help provide quality programming via ACB Radio and other platforms, and join ACB on the path to our future. Registration will open on May 21st at 7 a.m. Eastern Time for ACB members and May 28th for non-members. Registration closes at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on June 21st. To register online, visit acbconvention.org or call 612-332-3242 and select option 5 for convention. Leave a message including your name, telephone number with area code, and time zone. Your phone call will be returned as quickly as possible. Convention Contacts 2020 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 A-M-D-U-O at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot net 2020 Advertising and Sponsorships Marjorie Beeman 512 521-1625 921-1625 OLEO numerals 50 at hotmail.com For any other convention related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, 651-428-5059. J-A-N-E-T dot D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at G-M-A-I-L dot com. Conventions and Conventions by Paul Edwards A convention is a gathering of people. It is also a custom. In a very real sense, a convention of the American Council of the Blind is both. I find myself thinking about the virtual convention that is planned for July, and I thought I would share some of what I am thinking about. Those of us who are totally blind do not see the people who are there. We know those who are present by their voices, mostly. So in a way, we will be able to imagine those we hear through headphones or speakers with more reality than may be available for those who have some vision. For us, the voice is much of what a person is. For us, though, there is more. There is the sound of a dog's harness or the smell of a familiar perfume. There is sometimes a special way a person uses a cane or a particular cough we recognize. There are so many conventions at conventions that we will probably miss. We are in lines and we speak to each other and gather a sense of another person. We find ourselves at meetings sitting next to a stranger who becomes a friend. We are part of a cacophony of voices at a reception where we often stand quietly, simply allowing the sea of noise to flow around us with occasional comprehensible phrases and a sense of wonder. All these people have come from their different places to be here, and many are frightened or lonely or disconnected from their reality and float like flotsam on the surface of where we are, mumbling conventional platitudes and having no notion of what the conventions really are. We know the rules, though, We obey them. We give a little of ourselves to our neighbor, but most of us avoid letting people know much about who we really are. We drink, we talk, 
we dip our toes into the water of acquaintance, and by the end of the week, we will have people to take home with us. We will have experiences to remember. We will have friends we have made. We will have pride that we have survived and flourished in an alien and frightening environment where noise and smell and tactile inputs are the creators of our impressions. A virtual convention is less immersive, but I am sure it will have its own defining qualities. Perhaps it will be a purer kind of exercise, without the uncertainty and submergence in the experience of the senses that is being somewhere new with new people and old friends and unfamiliar places. And yet there is something to be said for the virtual convention. People who can't afford to come can participate as fully as those of us who usually go. We will be choosing events because we can't be everywhere, but we will not deviate as we might have if present in Illinois. At conventions, we meet people. Plans change. What seems important before we get there is lost in the sudden onslaught of relationships. We change our plans because of people. We alter our attitudes because we have been enriched by the interaction with others and deepened our sense of who we are through contact. I guess it is my hope that our virtual convention will persuade people who have never come before that the exercise of being a part of ACB's national convention is worth the effort of getting geographically to the next one. I hope that those who experience the virtual convention will want more. For me, though the virtual convention is a fine and noble undertaking, it will not take the place of the in-person assembly. I will miss it all. I cannot wait till next year when I hope I will be able to once more be a part of all the regular and usual conventions of our convention. I am overjoyed that our convention is happening, but I say to all of you that next year is the lodestone toward which I look. Continuing Education, A Path to the Future by Carla Rushevel. Pre-registration is now open for a wide range of continuing education opportunities at the 2020 ACB Virtual Conference and Convention. Conference dates are July 3 through 10, and vision professionals can earn continuing education units from home or office through the power of ACB Radio and the Zoom platform. No need to purchase an airline ticket, spend money on hotel and food, and wait for travel authorizations from work. CEUs are available for individual sessions sponsored by ACB, its committees, and special interest affiliates on topics such as employment, technology, health and leisure, orientation and mobility, self-advocacy, braille, low vision, and much more. New this year is a block of CEUs for general sessions and virtual exhibits. Purchase the block on the pre-registration form and then select specific segments to fill your block from a list of designated presentations published prior to the opening of the conference. CEUs are recognized by the Academy for Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, ACVREP. Pre-registration for the convention is open through June 21st. You may also register for CEUs during the conference. Prior to the conference, you will receive via email a list of CE sessions for which you have registered, together with listening instructions. Plan to arrive at each session a few minutes early via ACB radio or Zoom and stay for the complete session. A unique code will be announced at the beginning of each session and another code will be announced at the end of each session. 
Make note of these codes as they cannot be obtained after the session is over. Following the conference, you must complete a form that will have been emailed to you in advance. Enter the codes from your CE sessions on this form. You must also complete an evaluation form for each session. Return all forms to ACB no later than August 15, 2020. ACB will then issue your CE certificate showing the number of units earned. You are responsible for submitting your certificate to ACVREP. For more information, contact Carla Rushevel, CE Chair, by phone at 1-877-630-7190 or by email at c-o-n-t-i-n-u-i-n-g-e-d-u-c-a-t-i-o-n at acb.org. Walking Up a Storm, Virtual Style by Donna Brown. In keeping in line with all ACB conference and convention events, the 2020 ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk will be held as a virtual event. What does that mean for everyone? First and foremost, it means that everyone can participate, no matter where you live and regardless of your fitness level. Second, you can walk whenever you want, however you want, and how much you want. You can count your walks to and from the kitchen to your recliner as your ACB walk. You can walk with family and friends. You can walk on a treadmill or in the pool. The sky is the limit. Be creative. The ACB Walk is a fundraising event for both ACB and its affiliates. For a small fee of $25, you can sign up for the walk online by visiting https colon slash slash acbwalk.secureswet.com slash. Or you can call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242 and someone will assist you. You will also have the option of signing up for the walk on the convention registration form. When you register for the walk, you can create or join a team or you can walk as an individual. You also have the opportunity to make a donation in addition to your $25 registration fee. Upon completion of your registration, you are taken to your walk page. This is the link that you would send to family, friends, businesses, or coworkers seeking donations. As in previous years, all ACB affiliates are encouraged to create teams. Up to 50% of all donations for each affiliate team will be sent back to that affiliate. This is an excellent and fairly simple way for affiliates to raise much-needed funds. The ACB Walk Committee will hold a walk celebration on Sunday, July 5 at 6 p.m. Stay tuned to the ACB lists for more announcements about this live event. As of this writing, four teams have been created and over $600 has been raised. Please join us in our endeavor to raise at least $90,000 for ACB and its affiliates. For questions about the walk or to get assistance with the walk website, contact walk committee chair Donna Brown by email at d-o-n-n-a-m-b-r-o-w-n numerals 59 at g-m-a-i-l dot com or call 304-940-0292. Let's not only walk up a storm, but seek donations like a tornado.
stay at home and bid on items in the ACB Easy Chair Auction by the ACB Auction Committee. For everyone who has participated in an ACB convention auction, and for those who have never had the chance to do so, we have some very exciting news. The ACB Easy Chair Auction will be held on Tuesday, July 7, as part of our virtual ACB convention. The auction will begin at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, one hour earlier than our customary start time. Bidding will occur using the Zoom platform, but you will also be able to listen to the auction via ACB Radio. By the time you read this article, you likely will be aware that you must register for the auction through the convention registration process, although you can register for the auction even if you do not register for the convention. In mid-June, we will make available, on the ACB website, a list of auction items in advance of the auction. If you or your affiliate agreed to donate an auction item, you are likely to have already provided its description to Auction Committee Chair Leslie Spoon by the May 31st deadline. Remember that, except for food items, which the donor will be responsible for shipping, items need to be received by Leslie by June 10. Her address is 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817. If you are the winning bidder, the office will call you to collect credit card information for the items you have won. After your items have been shipped, your credit card will again be charged for the cost of shipping. So, all you bargain hunters, just get yourself ready to sit back in your favorite chair with your favorite food and beverage and support ACB while scoring some amazing deals at the ACB Easy Chair Auction. MMS is Going Virtual by Kathy Brockman So much has changed since Jean Mann wrote her MMS article for the May Forum. MMS will be virtually part of the conference and convention, along with other programs and fundraisers. No table next to the mini-mall this year. There will be many opportunities during the week to hear about the monthly monetary support MMS program. Ask questions and leave your contact information to sign up or increase your contribution. There are more economic challenges, yet there are opportunities to donate, since most of us won't have food, hotel, or travel expenses to cover this year. Monthly contributions of at least $10 can be deducted from a checking account or covered by a credit card. There are no payments to mail or checks to write. Up to one half of the donation can be designated for an affiliate of your choice each quarter. Daily drawings for up to $100 in gift cards will again be offered. After forms are completed and the first payment is processed, the member's name will be entered in the grand prize drawing. We hope the 321 promotion we started last year, 321 donors, increases ACB member participation. We have a ways to go to get there, but we're confident we can make it this year. When you leave contact information during the convention, a committee member will contact you to complete the process. Listening or participating in this year's conference and convention will be a different experience for all of us, yet it will be a good learning opportunity. Watch for messages on ACB radio and email lists prior to the convention. Forms are available online or contact the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242 or toll-free 1-800-866-3242 to sign up. Thank you for supporting our organization and the great work ACB continues to do. Mini Mall Headlines by Carla Rushevel.
open for business. For several weeks this spring, the mini mall was unable to ship products due to the COVID-19 virus. We are excited to once again be able to accept and ship orders to you. The mini mall order line is open now from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. It's time to shop, shop, shop. Mini mall at registration. Order selected ACB logo and convention merchandise when you register for the ACB virtual conference and convention. Look for mugs, shot glasses, magnets, keepsake boxes, and more featuring the colorful Path to the Future image. Official convention t-shirts and pins, as well as ACB logo items such as stainless steel stemless wine glasses, computer tablet bags, and flash drives can also be purchased when you pre-register. Make masks fun. Do you find wearing a mask annoying and inconvenient? Make it fun and fashionable when you step out in a colorful ACB logo mask. Made of durable and washable canvas and available in your choice of colors for both men and women. Grab several and be in style. Mini Mall at Convention. Be sure to listen to the ACB Virtual Exhibit Hall channel on ACB Radio from Friday, July 3 through Friday, July 10. The Mini Mall will be there with product descriptions and convention specials, something different every day. The Mini Mall order line will also be open throughout the convention for your shopping convenience. Product Spotlights. Look for new ACB totes and duffel bags, a new Little Buddy ACB Duo charging cable and USB hub, and a new Leather Look ACB pad folio that's perfect for those important business meetings. There's a new ladies' wallet with lots of compartments, and an accessible blood pressure wrist monitor that talks and features a large print digital readout. And of course, there are canes, cables, SD cards and flash drives, ACB jackets and polo shirts, and much more. The Mini Mall does not sell talking watches and clocks, braille slates or braille paper, etc. The June Mini Mall catalog is available in braille or large print. A link to the catalog accompanies the June e-forum, and it will be available in audio format on the July ACB Braille Forum cartridge. For more information, call 1-877-630-7190 or email acbstore at acb.org or join the Mini Mall email list by sending a message to mall-subscribe at acblists Affiliate and Committee News The show, Case, will go on. Yes, Friends in Art Showcase of the Performing Arts will again be a highlight of ACB's 2020 conference and convention. Interested in being included? Send material you want to be included in the showcase to showcase at acbradio.org. Materials might include music, any music style, original material especially welcomed, prose, poetry, original works preferred, especially if read by the author. Your selection may either be sent as an email attachment or you may send us a link from which the piece can be uploaded. Please accompany your musical selection or prose poetry with your name, city, state, email address, and a brief description of the piece that you are sending to be used to introduce the piece. Deadline, June 1, 2020. In order to make it more likely that your selection will be included in the showcase, please note. 1. 
Each selection should not exceed five minutes, including the description of the work you are asking us to consider. Two, we will consider including two contrasting short works if together they do not exceed five minutes. Three, we prefer up-tempo to slow, but we will consider anything. Four, this is family entertainment. No profanity, please. Five, we aim for a show of around 20 selections of varying styles. Originality, professionalism, and flair count. Six, please note that the ACB radio production team reserves the right to do editing or audio processing at their discretion in order to assure that the audience will get a high-quality broadcast. If you need assistance recording your work, we might be able to assist. Please email us as soon as possible at showcase at acbradio.org. The showcase is scheduled to air on Friday, July 3 at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will contact you well before then to let you know if you will be included in the show and or if we need additional information. Questions? Please email us at showcase at acbradio.org. MCAC Holding Book Discussion The Multicultural Affairs Committee, MCAC, is holding a discussion of the book The Color of Christ, The Son of God and the Saga of Race in America by Edward J. Blum and Paul Harvey. In The Color of Christ, the authors weave a tapestry of American dreams and visions, from witch hunts to web pages, Harlem to Hollywood, slave cabins to South Park, Mormon revelations to Indian reservations, to show how Americans remade the Son of God visually, time and again, into a sacred symbol of their greatest aspirations, deepest terrors, and mightiest strivings for racial power and justice. The book can be ordered from your talking book library on cartridge, DB76479, or downloaded on BARD, and is also available from Audible. The discussion is scheduled for Thursday, June 18th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time via the Zoom platform. We look forward to you joining the discussion and sharing your thoughts and experiences. 2020 Membership Seminar ACB's Membership Seminar will be held on Wednesday, July 8, 2020 beginning at 3 p.m. and ending at 4.15. This year, we will hold a special interest affiliate showcase. Each special interest affiliate will be given two to three minutes to share information about their affiliate. By learning more about special interest affiliates, state and special interest affiliates can collaborate more easily to grow membership. Handouts will be sent via email to those who register. An outline of AABT's online 2020 convention program. It has been said that education begins at home. This year, the American Association of Blind Teachers, AABT, is taking this saying literally as we deliver our exciting convention program offerings to you in the comfort of your own home. Read on for an outline of what's online for AABT during convention week. You may not be able to go to Schaumburg, but you can visit Chicago from your armchair if you join us on Saturday, July 4th at 10 a.m., when Richie Z, a Chicago historian and author, will tell entertaining stories about Chicago history. If you would like to learn more about Richie Z and enjoy some of his stories and presentations in advance, visit his website, www.richiezie.com. We have two events scheduled for Monday, July 6th. Our first workshop, 
Getting in Line with What's Online, an open discussion, will take place from 1.30 to 2.45 p.m. Teachers and students will come together to discuss popular online learning platforms, options, resources, and techniques for coping with teaching and learning online. This is a timely topic with all the closures of schools and universities due to the coronavirus, which has necessitated classes being offered online. Whether you are a student or a teacher, please register for this workshop so that you can come and have your questions answered and share your experiences. Immediately afterward, join us for the FIA Writers' Workshop, which AABT and FIA are co-sponsoring, from 3 o'clock to 4.15 p.m. The topic of this workshop will be Creating Poetry. Plump up that manuscript with easy-to-follow verse forms. This workshop will explain the acrostic poem, a versatile, simple, and enjoyable verse form. Anne Chapetta, an author from New Rochelle, New York, will provide instruction and examples of acrostic poems and guide participants through the experience of writing poetry. You will have the opportunity to share your poems with the group. Bring your writing materials and imagination to this workshop and be prepared to have fun. As you can see, AABT has some fun and informative programming planned for you. We hope that you will invite us into your home and plan to participate. You don't even have to clean up the house or prepare a meal for us. Special delivery from Ivy. During these times of coronavirus quarantine, you are doubtless receiving your share of home deliveries, groceries, meals and items from Amazon. If you want, you can also receive a very special delivery right to your home from the independent visually impaired entrepreneurs, IVIE, Ivy, on July 7, 2020. Read on to find out more. Even though we will not be having an in-person convention this year, one thing that hasn't changed is that Tuesday will still be Ivy Day. We have planned two timely and informative seminars for Tuesday, July 7th. Our first one, The Coronavirus Conundrum, Strategies for Keeping Your Business Open When You Are Told to Keep It Closed, will take place from 1.30 to 2.45 p.m. Entrepreneurs will conduct an open discussion about how they are dealing with the hardships brought about by the coronavirus pandemic. They will share strategies, resources, and coping techniques that can help business owners to get through this and future national emergencies. Come and share your experiences and exchange ideas and encouragement with fellow business owners. Perhaps you are now unemployed due to the business layoffs and closures due to the pandemic, and you are thinking about starting your own business. If so, plan to join us from 3 to 4.15 for our second workshop, Entrepreneurship Questions and Answers. This will be an open discussion in which business owners who are blind or visually impaired answer participants' questions about business ownership and what it takes to be an entrepreneur. It will be moderated by Ivy President Artist Bazin from Burbank, California, and co-sponsored by ACB students. Come and find out if entrepreneurship is for you. If you would like to find out more about Ivy or pay your $15 annual dues, which are due by July 1st, visit IVIE dash acb.org. Meanwhile, don't forget to arrange for your special delivery from Ivy by registering for the virtual convention and signing up for Ivy's two workshops on Tuesday, July 7th. We'll meet you in cyberspace. RSVA Convention Details The RSVA, Registered Trademark, conference registration is $40, and your name will be placed into a drawing happening on Friday, July 10. 
On Saturday, July 4, RSVA will hold four different sessions on Zoom. All sessions will be recorded for those who cannot attend during these times. All times listed are Central Time. The first session will be held from 1 to 2.15 p.m. Building Business and Personal Relationships in a Changing World. The speaker will be Mark Reichert, ACB First Vice President, Arlington, Virginia. There will be time for audience questions afterward. With his style of humor, Mark will share his experiences in several nonprofit organizations and some positive outcomes due to his ever-expanding business and professional relationships. The second session will be held from 2.30 to 3.45 p.m. A legal update on RS vendor cases. Speakers will be Chris Prentice, Austin, Texas, and Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California. This session is co-sponsored by the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys. You will learn about the most recent happenings in the ever-changing legal landscape of cases involving Randolph Shepard vendors. The third session will be held from 4 to 5.15 p.m. Part 1 will consist of a panel on the impact of COVID-19 on Randolph Shepard vendors. Part 2 will highlight Another Alternative, Three Square Market, with Speaker Kirk Johnson, Vice President of Sales, River Falls, Wisconsin. Session 4 will be held from 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. Part 1 will focus on Tips and Tricks on Vending. The moderator will be Scott Egan, SVS Vending, Lino Lakes, Minnesota. Vendors can send questions in advance and receive answers. Part 2 will answer the question, Randolph Shepard Program, what is it? RSVA board members will field questions about how to become a vendor and what managing a facility requires. Please send any questions you'd like answered to rsva at randolph-sheppard.org. Wine and Song by Peter Altschul I don't know when I first met Lynn, but I'm sure it happened during a Friends in Art FIA function. She might have been offering wine to a bunch of us boisterous, visually impaired artists from across the United States, each committed to making the arts more approachable for us blind people. She might have been staffing the FIA booth in the exhibit hall during the annual conference of the American Council of the Blind. Or I might have heard her sing during FIA's annual variety show. As I became more involved in FIA, I observed how Lynn would enlist someone who could see to assist her the day before each ACB convention to buy chips, veggies, sandwich fixings, fruit, breakfast pastries, peanut butter crackers, cookies, soda, water, coffee, and wine. Lots of wine. To nourish us artists as we prepared for FIA activities. Her cheerful voice guided us bleary-eyed artists to food, which she and others had placed so we could find it. Her voice cut through the clamor in the FIA suite so that tedious details could get done. Her performances during our variety shows were always memorable, especially a satire she wrote and sang, listing all of the tech gadgets she wanted, sung to the tune of Santa Baby, and a duet with another singer when they emulated dueling cats. She was also a dependable soprano in our choir that came together every year to sing arrangements written by visually impaired musicians. The workshops she organized were also memorable, teaching us how to play a Native American flute, leading us in singing rounds that nobody but she seemed to know, and organizing a drum circle that rattled hotel guests around us. 
We closed the door and kept playing. More recently, she learned to play the Celtic harp, her enthusiasm drawing in others. But I didn't fully appreciate Lynn's diverse talents and interests until a 2018 post-variety show celebration in the FIA suite. As the wine flowed, she kept up as the conversation veered from show glitches and South American guitar music to politics and organization behavior as someone snored on a corner couch. The next morning, Lynn and I dragged ourselves to the exhibit hall to staff the FIA booth. Fortunately, there weren't many customers. Since then, Lynn continued her gracious, unassuming leadership as FIA president. Our website is being restored. We have begun to record podcasts featuring visually impaired artists, and our membership is getting younger. Lynn died suddenly from cancer-related complications last Thursday. Thanks, Lynn, for doing those small things that make programs successful. Thanks for your gentle prompting that drew out strengths in others that they might not know that they had. Thanks for your enthusiasm for all artistic things. Thanks for using your Southern charm and dry wit to advocate for others. Thanks for your knack for including people from varying backgrounds. And thanks for assuring that wine glasses were full and voices were raised in song. Rest in peace, Lynn Heddle. Readers' Memories of Lynn Heddle April 9, 2020 Today, the American Council of the Blind, the Alabama Council of the Blind, Friends in Art, and many other organizations lost a dear and valued friend. It is with a heavy heart that I share the news of the loss of Lynn Heddle. Lynn passed away this afternoon after a brief illness. Rhonda and I were thinking back to just a few weeks ago when we stayed over after the leadership meetings to visit museums. Rhonda, Lynn, Sandra, and I had a wonderful day visiting the African American Museum. It was a time we will always remember. We shared many good times together, and I am sure many of you did as well. Lynn was a 1967 graduate of the Alabama School for the Blind. David Trott I am absolutely stunned beyond belief. I do not recall if I talked with Lynn for the last time the day before yesterday or the day before that, but we talked by phone very frequently and several times within the last week. Lynn played a beautiful harp piece in the art parlor just last Monday. She never mentioned on any of our telephone conversations that she was even feeling sick. I have known Lynn for 35 years. We met at the ACB convention in Las Vegas in 1985. I did not really get to know her well, however, until I became FIA treasurer and she became FIA president. Those positions threw us together, working on lots of things together, but it was an absolute joy. Anne and I both have become very close to her over the past two or three years. She was an artist, a teacher, and just an all-around good person whom we grew to love. Michael Byington I had the pleasure of working with Lynn for a number of years. She was so dedicated to friends in art and did a masterful job of setting up their program. I couldn't believe it and had to look at my phone, but just spoke with her last Wednesday at 12.10 p.m. We were both in a hurry, so only chatted for a couple of minutes. She sounded fine when we spoke. Like everyone else, I'm in shock. This is truly sad news. Janet Dickelman 
I had the distinct pleasure of getting to know Lynn on an ACB tour a couple of years ago. I found her to be a person of great knowledge and, more importantly, one of great integrity. We enjoyed visiting that evening, and as we talked, our conversation filtered through many subjects. Finally, we got to the thing that both of us loved dearly. That, of course, you guessed it, her beloved harp. We talked about doing a recital together, but unfortunately, it won't happen here on Earth. I'm quite certain that she is planning all the concerts with the angels in heaven. Their sounds will be even more heavenly because her talent has been added to the mix. I, along with many of you, will miss her positive attitude and kind spirit. Judy Jackson Lynn was such a special person. From round sings, to showcases, to chats on the phone, to handcrafted items and so much creativity, Lynn was amazing. She was wonderful to work with when I was convention coordinator and always had incredible ideas for doing something special at conventions. Carla Rushevel. I am stunned, truly. I was just getting to know Lynn through our community conference calls. Not only was she excited to promote FIA by inviting ACB for tea in the art parlor, but Lynn also was present in many of the other calls and a regular attender at our coffee social on Tuesdays and Thursdays, where we'd often have three Lynns in attendance. In fact, she was just with us two days ago. My heart aches for all of you who knew Lynn well. May she rest in peace. Cindy Van Winkle Comfort on this day For Lynn Heddle On this day I grieve And talk with others, bereaved We lost a colleague and friend Shocked from how quickly her life did end for comfort, I reach out. To others, our sadness is what we talk about. We cry, share how empty we feel, tell one another it just doesn't seem real. Yet our friend and artist is gone. She has made her final flight into heaven's arms. And if I take any comfort at this time, it is that she will be with the divine. God's grace and love she will meet. Her life's journey complete. Anne Chapetta. Passings. We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible. Name. First, last, maiden if appropriate, city of residence upon passing, state, province of residence upon passing, other cities, states, countries of residence, places where other blind people may have known this person, occupation, date of death, day if known, month, year, age, ACB affiliation, local, state, special interest affiliates, or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Keith Black, September 16, 1928, to April 3, 2020. Keith Black died at his home in Lakewood, California, on April 3, 2020. He was 91. He was born September 16, 1928, in Nampa, Idaho, 
to Daniel and Ruth Leone Black. His parents, both of whom were also blind, operated the first blind vending stand in the Idaho Capitol building. Keith himself was blind from birth. His parents always had high expectations for him. In high school, Keith developed a lifelong love of music, especially from the swing era, and played in various bands, including the Long Beach Senior Band, for many years. After completing public high school in Boise, he attended the University of Oregon, where he obtained a bachelor's degree. In the mid-1950s, he moved to Denver, Colorado, where he worked as a medical transcriber and met and married his wife, Joan. Later, he earned a master's degree in rehabilitation counseling from the University of Colorado. In 1964, Keith was hired as a rehabilitation counselor for the blind by the newly formed California Department of Rehabilitation. He served as an RCB in San Bernardino and Long Beach over a period of 30 years, helping hundreds of clients achieve their educational and employment goals. He was a longtime member of the California Council of the Blind and active for many years in the Rehabilitation Counseling Affiliate of CCB and the Braille Revival League of California. He was preceded in death by his wife Joan and is survived by sons Ralph and Andrew Black, daughter Eileen Sagner, six grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. Joseph, Joe, Fallon. Joseph Charles, Joe Fallon, age 73, of Tulsa, Oklahoma, went to be with the Lord on April 19, 2020, at St. Francis Hospital as a result of sepsis. He was born and raised in Tulsa and was a graduate of the Oklahoma School for the Blind in Muskogee. He went on to earn his bachelor's degree at Oklahoma State University and earned his law degree at Oklahoma University. He practiced law for over 40 years and was a champion for disability rights. In recognition of his work, he was named Advocate of the Year for 2005 by the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services. He was a member of the Metropolitan Tulsa Transit Authority Board for many years, and he was president of the Oklahoma Council of the Blind for several terms. He was a member of Christ United Methodist Church and an active member of the Unity Sunday School class. He was an avid OU football and basketball fan as well as a huge fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He is survived by his loving wife, Allison, his brother, Richard Fallon, niece, Ashley Brady, daughter, Fallon, and son, Laker, nephew, Brooks Fallon, wife, Sarah Jane, and Pat Fallon, the mother of Ashley and Brooks. Although he had no children of his own, he loved and was loved by Allison's daughters and their families, Hilary Torres, husband, Louis, and children, Michaela and Micah, and Nancy Koki, husband, Mark, and son, Jacob. He is predeceased by his father, Richard Fallon, mother, Helene Fallon, and stepfather, Leo Gooch. A private burial will be at Floral Haven Cemetery in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. A memorial service will be held at a later date. In lieu of flowers, donations in Joe's name can be made to the Oklahoma Council of the Blind, P.O. Box 1476, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73101, or Jerry's House, Incorporated, P.O. Box 14192, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74159. Book Review Fairbairns, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, 
Vision Loss and Personal Recovery, the title says it all, by Kate Crohan. Author's Note Hannah and I worked together for a number of years at the Carroll Center for the Blind and have been friends since then, albeit more recently from a distance. Hannah taught home and personal management skills, and I taught communication skills. I felt that Hannah was a kindred spirit from day one, and we had many discussions during lunch and beyond. I was intrigued when she began writing her blog, with the understanding that it would eventually evolve into a book about vision loss and social skills. I was thrilled when she found a publisher, and her book came to fruition last July. When I finally read it, I was in awe, and we discussed a few ideas about marketing the book. How could I say no when Hannah asked me if I would write a book review for the ACB Braille Forum? End of note. Writing this review has been a daunting task. There is so much material packed into a short book that I couldn't possibly do it justice by attempting to synthesize the information. I will focus on the organization, who should read it, spoiler alert, everyone, the language, and the humanity brought forth in this book. The book is ingeniously organized. It is not a memoir, even though Hannah's gift for writing and her life experience would certainly qualify her to write a good one. It's genius is that it is not a tell-all advice book, but still is replete with Hannah's layered experiences with her own vision loss, along with those of many others, as evidenced in the acknowledgments. The book is filled with countless hints for adjusting to initial vision loss and ultimately describes developing the skills needed to live a full life, however that might ultimately be interpreted. It is a book that acknowledges the grief and disintegration of self when facing vision loss, suggesting ways of coping at every stage in order to not just move from one day to the next, but envision a future and live a full life. The book is divided into five parts, and the reader can certainly learn much about the details just by scanning the table of contents. To gain an idea about the scope of the book, note that part one is called Believing the Unbelievable, Facing Trauma at the Hospital and Back Home, and part five, A Satisfying Life. The question is, how do you navigate from one part to the other? The book is layered in its approach to both developing skills and recovering a sense of self, and it is not a linear description. Hannah mentions many times that vision loss is different for each person. As Hannah described, When I lost the sight in my good eye overnight, I went to work the next morning. I was a chef in London, and with help from extra staff, prepared a grand dinner to honor the Archbishop of Westminster. This didn't seem crazy at the time because I couldn't believe anything serious had happened. Contrast that with, for three months I just lay in bed and wept. Then one day I got up and started to take care of myself again, remembers a Carroll Center volunteer, age 90. Because of the range of reactions to vision loss, the different age groups who are affected, and the different ways of adjustment, each chapter presents ways of coping, ultimately leading to a sense of self that encompasses the vision loss rather than denying or being paralyzed by it. At every turn, Hannah presents ways of coping that evolve as does the adjustment, one bolstering the other. To begin, Chapter 1, The Shock and the Docks, Trauma and Disbelief. In this chapter, Hannah addresses some of the causes of vision loss, but more to the point, immediately discusses ways of approaching the actual doctor's appointment, writing down a few words to jog your memory, recording the visit, 
explaining terminology, etc., and ultimately coming to terms with the diagnosis. In the end, the message is, it's your voice that needs to be heard. Chapter 2 also addresses the issue of your job and how to approach it. Practical suggestions, but not advice about how you should do the same job or plan for a possible career change at that point. Chapter 3, which is the beginning of Part 2, A New Life, Going Through Grief, Preparing for Change, deals with the grief and identity dislocation and the acknowledgement of the very personal experience with a plan to move forward. I encourage you to read the table of contents just to gain an overview. Part 4 is Going Solo, and Part 5 is A Satisfying Life. You get the picture. From grief over loss, to more independence, to a full life with strategies to cope at every stage. As part of this multi-layered approach to vision loss and the strategies needed, every chapter has references to other chapters that pertain to a specific theme. This approach allows the reader to cross-reference. There is also a detailed reference and resource section at the end, and each chapter always indicates the applicable notes. This allows the reader or family member to read the book as a whole or as a reference. Since resources are ever-changing, particularly with regard to technology, Hannah's website, www.vissionlossandpersonalrecovery.com, will offer information beyond those in the notes at the end of the book. In a book club that I belong to that is made up of mostly librarians, the question is always asked, who should read this book? As I mentioned earlier, the answer is everyone. I have always been blind, so I never thought about what it might be like to actually lose vision. My life was so enriched by my experiences teaching at the Carroll Center because it changed my perception about vision loss and how it changed lives. A person who is adjusting to vision loss or blindness has a very different perspective about the loss of sight, and I would never have learned as much about that perspective if I hadn't worked at the Carroll Center. Anyone who has always been blind or visually impaired will be enriched by reading this book, both from the anecdotes and the advice. Since I have been on the planet a while, this book contains so much about what I have already learned through life experience. But if I were a recent high school or college graduate, beginning my first job, or perhaps after leaving a rehab center, I would find a wealth of information and might be able to avoid making mistakes. The book shows great sensitivity when discussing family life, from the point of view of the person experiencing vision loss within the family to the family members and how they can maintain their equilibrium. That delicate balance between autonomy and need and the experience of the family member who might be giving too much is constantly explored. Family members of those who are blind or losing vision should definitely read this book. The reader who wants to simply read a book to gain knowledge of vision loss will not be disappointed. Anyone who has experienced grief or depression will learn a good deal about coping with grief by reading Chapter 4 and the other chapters that discuss the constant need to readjust to grief in a world where there is no script for grief. Read this book and recommend it to your family and friends. I would also urge you to find ways to get it to your local libraries, senior centers, or other advocacy groups. With regard to availability and readability, the book was published by a small publisher but is now available in print from Amazon. 
The ebook is available from the Google Play Store. It was recorded at the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Studio by narrator Judy Ewell, whom Hannah chose. I can hear Hannah's voice through the reader. She reads with a direct, confident, and compassionate voice. Since the book is organized by parts, chapters, and sections, it is very easy to navigate using an audio player. The book is also available from Bookshare, and the heading structure makes it very navigable using Microsoft Word. This book is a balance of warmth, humor, factual information ranging from the types of vision loss to what is needed to cope, and the multiplicity of experiences and emotions when you literally can't believe your eyes. Hannah shows how you can move from that stage of disintegration to the final stage. Here you are again. Welcome. Performing Marriage Ceremonies by Charles Nabaretti. In the last half of the 1990s, my nephew asked if I could perform the marriage to his fiancée. I had been appointed an administrative law judge for California in 1990 and was aware that I could perform such ceremonies, as well as administer oaths, but I had not performed any marriages. I was directed to the county clerk's office, where I was authorized to perform marriages on a particular date anywhere in California, and a script to follow. When I arrived at the chapel where the marriage was to be performed, the owner asked me if I was the minister, and I replied no, and thought, not in this lifetime. All my family was present, grandparents, uncles, aunts, and cousins. My son played the wedding march on the piano. I asked my nephew to cough when his bride was standing next to him so that I would know when to start the ceremony. Unfortunately, I missed the reception, as I had to fly to Houston immediately afterward to attend the ACB National Convention. Later, I had the privilege to perform the marriages of two CCB couples. I married Pat LaFrance and Perry Wolf in 2000, and Pam Hill and Ken Metz a few years later. The relatives and blind friends who attended these marriages celebrated the joyful events. The Metz-Hill wedding had a Hawaiian theme. Pam was nervous and wanted me to begin the ceremony before the music stopped. These three events gave me a great deal of satisfaction and contentment. They were happy and celebratory, as the marriages signified a new beginning for each family. Backyard Wedding by Peter Altschul Author's note, this article was adapted from my memoir, Breaking Barriers. End of note. What do you mean you didn't give us Joseph's tux? I shouted over the phone an hour before the scheduled start of our wedding. I slammed the cordless phone into its cradle as the noise of people running around the house looking for clothes and taking care of last-minute details seeped through the closed door of the master bedroom. Lisa, my fiancé, came out of the bathroom. What's wrong? And you shouldn't be here. She steered me out of the room. Figure it out, she snapped through the closed door. I'll take care of it, promised a neighbor who I barely knew. She hurried out of the house as my then-guide dog Jules and I trudged downstairs to one of the bedrooms where some of the men were changing into wedding clothes. Why tuxes? groused Mitch Pomerantz, one of the groomsmen. We were not looking forward to sweltering in early evening steam bath conditions. It won't be that bad, called another groomsman from the opposite corner. But don't you live in Arkansas? 
Mitch huffed as peals of laughter from the bridal party filtered down from the master bedroom. Upstairs, I sat on a living room couch with jewels under my feet, trying to read a magazine. I couldn't concentrate. I began wondering if the wedding would take place as people scurried down our 13 hardwood stairs through the living room to the backyard to address last-minute details. Did the caterers need guidance? Were all the decorations in place? This tux is stupid, Joseph complained. It's too hot and... His voice faded away as Rich, my third groomsman, hustled him downstairs. Marisha, would you take those champagne glasses downstairs? Lisa asked from the master bedroom. And the programs? Sorry to bother you, but it's time for the wedding pictures, the photographer mumbled in my ear. Outside. And where's the guest? A shriek, shattering glass, a body crashing down the stairs. Stunned silence. Are you all right? Several people shouted. Marisha didn't move. What's wrong? Lisa called. People carefully approached Marisha to assess the damage and to clean up the shattered glass. What's wrong? Lisa repeated. Everything's fine, I called, now worried that the wedding would have to be rescheduled. Marisha still hadn't made a sound. What's wrong? Lisa demanded, hurrying to the stairs. My God, are you okay? Marisha groaned. Don't move. I think she's fine, Rich said, but it wouldn't hurt if a doctor checked her out. She appears to be fine, a neighborhood doctor confirmed several minutes later, but she should take it easy for the rest of the day. I think I'm going to faint, Lisa wailed several minutes later as the wedding party milled about in the living room, waiting for Gordon and Janice Kent to start playing the opening song. I can't believe this is happening, Mom said as she brushed something off my shirt over the calming noises coming from Lisa's direction. We all relaxed when we heard the opening chords of Seasons of Love from the Broadway musical Rent, floating through the closed door, knowing that the wedding would indeed take place and that everything would be fine. As Gordon and Janice sang about how relationships are built minute by minute and the importance of treasuring moments together, we organized ourselves for the trip outside. Then came the percussion riff that began the processional I had written for this moment and my favorite cousin escorted Jules and me to a towering oak tree where the ceremony would take place. You're going to be fine, said the pastor who would be leading the ceremony as Jules lay down with a grunt and started crunching a stick. I hope so, I said, as people started moving into position around me. The three groomsmen and my best man, the three bridesmaids and Lisa's daughter Anna, serving as maid of honor my sister's daughter as flower girl, and Lisa's youngest son, Louis, and a girl from the neighborhood as ring bearers. Here comes Lisa. She looks beautiful, the pastor said as she approached with her oldest son, Joseph, and Luke, a black standard poodle. I hope they make it down here before the music ends, I grumbled. They did. Barely. After the ceremony and reception line, Lisa and I returned to the quiet, cool house, where I left Jules to chill and ditched my tux jacket. We re-entered the steamy noise, wandering from table to table, soaking in the festive atmosphere and becoming drenched in congratulatory compliments, until something poked my leg. What are you doing here, Luke? 
I asked, brushing his head as he pranced by. How did you get out? Lisa sighed. Not much we can do about it, she said, as we prepared to kick off the dancing. We continued to roam, this time sitting at random tables. With a beer in my hand and my butt in a chair, I could relax enough to absorb some of the compliments. Anna's friends marveled that Gordon sang and played keyboards, trumpet, and saxophone, and that he could play keyboards with one hand while using his other hand to play one of his horns. Luke just ate Gordon's plate of food while he was singing, a cousin reported. People loved our backyard, the flowers, the furniture, the tent. Luke is peeing on all the rented plants, Lisa told me in a voice of amused horror. People raved about the food. That horrible black dog just stole a cracker from a child's hand, Mom told us. Then it was cake cutting time. Don't worry, Gordon had said during one of our wedding planning conversations. Just follow what I'm singing, and everyone, blind and sighted, will know what's happening. So we made our way toward the proper place after sending someone to alert him that we were getting ready. Folks, Gordon announced over the PA system, they're getting ready to cut the cake. Wait, we yelled. So lovely, the yard, the trees, the flowers, the tent, another well-wisher gushed. Thanks, Ollie, we said, as Gordon started singing about how the bride was picking up the knife. And the ceremony was so beautiful. Thanks, Ollie, we said, but we're getting ready to cut the cake. The bride cuts the cake, Gordon sang. Wait, several people yelled. And the food, the people, everything's so wonderful. The bride feeds the groom, Gordon sang. Ollie, move, we yelled. Oh, he said, as we hurried past him to the table, arriving just in time to hear Gordon singing about the groom feeding the bride. We made Gordon repeat the song, and following his directions, Lisa cut the three-tiered cake decorated to match the autumn leaves on our invitations. We fed each other a mixture of white cake, chocolate cake, and raspberry filling. It was delicious. Here and There Edited by Cynthia Hawkins The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB eForum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org or phone the national office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Summer Adventures at Oral Hull the Oral Hull Foundation for the Blind offers two summer retreats for those over the age of 21, the Moderate Adventure Retreat and the High Adventure Retreat. The Moderate Adventure will take place August 12 to 18 and is for those who want a more leisurely pace in a summer adventure. Activities may include horseback riding, kayaking, hiking, field games, fishing, winery tours, and visits to local museums. The High Adventure will be held August 24 to 30 and is geared to those who want more physically challenging adventures. Activities may include 
kayaking, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, hiking to an alpine lake, live music, and brewery and winery tours. We have a beautiful 22-acre park in the foothills of the Mount Hood National Forest with a lodge, commercial kitchen and chef, comfy dormitories, spa, indoor pool, gardens, and walking trails. For more information, contact the Oral Health Foundation at 503-668-6195. Candle in the Window Retreat Candle in the Window will hold its annual retreat October 7-11, through 11, 2020, at the Dogwood on Lake Norman Meeting and Retreat Center, located in Cheryl's Ford, North Carolina, not far from Charlotte. This year's topic is competition, playing the game of life. We will be considering such questions as, what might drive us to be competitive? As blind people, do we feel the need to compete? And for what? Is competition healthy? How can we find balance? The retreat fee includes round-trip transportation from the Charlotte Airport to the retreat center, all meals and your room per person. Fees are as follows. Double occupancy, sharing a room with another person, is $400. Single occupancy, $550. Due to space constraints, the retreat is limited to 20 participants, so make your reservations early. A $40 deposit, non-refundable, will reserve your spot. All registration fees must be paid in full by September 15th. Payment through PayPal should be sent to C-A-N-D-L-E-I-N-T-H-E-W-I-N-D-O-W, numeral 1, at G-M-A-I-L dot com. If you're paying by check, send it to Carlos Taylor, 925 South Lewick Ave, Muncie, Indiana, 47302. Make check payable to Candle in the Window. For more information, contact one of the following individuals. Kathy Shinyi, J-O-Y-F-U-L-R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E, at G-M-A-I-L dot com. Phone, 502-759-1288. Patrick Vota. P-V-O-T-T-A at V-E-R-I-Z-O-N dot net. Phone 718-797-2475. Becky Davidson, B-E-C-K-Y-B, numerals 1120 at G-M-A-I-L Phone 914-393-6613. National Braille Press announces winners of the third annual Braille Poetry Contest. The chosen theme for 2020 was freedom. The winners of this year's contest were Freedom of My Heart by Haley Thibodeau of Riverside, California, K-2 grade. Freedom to Me is by Oliver Reyes Mondragon of Gardner, North Carolina, 3rd through 5th grade. The Way Out, by Ariel Reyes Mondragon of Gardner, North Carolina, middle school. Where My Freedom Lies, 
by Amy Liu of Warrington, Pennsylvania High School, and Freedom from My Grief by Dina Polston of Muncie, Indiana, adult. In celebration of Poetry Month, each poem was published on NBP's blog throughout the month of April. To read the winning poems, visit tinyurl.com slash y numeral 8 vrkjg numeral 7. Santiago wins BSCB Community Access Award. Karen Santiago is the winner of the Bay State Council of the Blind Community Access Award. She has been working at Easter Seals in Worcester for several years now as a fundraiser. Karen is the lead member of the editorial team for the Blind Perspective Newsletter, a free online email and audio monthly informational publication for blind and visually impaired individuals. It started publication in January of 2015. Karen writes the Movers and Shakers column. She has interviewed nearly 75 movers and shakers in the blindness community for this feature. There are also feature columns on such topics as Braille, book reviews, accessible craft projects, healthy living, computer tech for PC and Apple devices, and much more. To sign up for The Blind Perspective, visit www.theblindperspective.net or send a blank email message to T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E plus symbol S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E at G-R-O-U-P-S dot I-O. The newsletter is also available on Newsline. To access it there, do the following. Press the number that corresponds to other states. Press the number that corresponds to the state of Massachusetts. Then press the number that corresponds to other publications. Then you can choose either last or current month. High-Tech Swap Shop. Looking for mini discs for a Yamaha MD4 four-track recorder to be used for music. Contact Walter Chavira at 661-748-7249. Looking for I'm looking for a Packmate type and speak or any sort of portable note taker. Contact Tanya Smith at 734-586-0433. Looking for Katrina Wright is looking for back issues of Short Stories, British Magazine, 2000 to 2012. If you have any copies you'd be willing to part with, contact Katrina at 316-518-8489. Looking for Marianne Sears is seeking the donation of a Perkins Braille writer and a Victor Reader Stream. Contact Marianne via email tim. B-E-R-S-G-I-R-L, numerals 219, at G-M-A-I-L dot com. Or call her at 318-245-5864. Looking for. Marcus is looking for a second-hand or refurbished Braille display with low price compared to new ones. 
Preferably, I am looking for a Hymns Braille Edge 40 or Vario Ultra. Contact Marcus via email M-A-R-C-U-S-V-I-N-I-C-I-O-S-L-I-R-A at G-M-A-I-L dot com. ACB Officers President Dan Spoon First Term, 2021 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida 32817-1554 First Vice President Mark Reichert First Term, 2021 1515 Jefferson Davis Highway, Apartment 622 Arlington, Virginia 22202-3309 Second Vice President Ray Campbell First Term 2021 460 Rain Tree Court Number 3K Glen Ellen, Illinois 60137 Secretary Denise Colley First Term 2021 1401 Northwest Lane Southeast Lacey, Washington, 98503. Treasurer, David Trott, second term, 2021. 1018 East Street South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate past president, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Ave, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington First Term, 2020 Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia Partial Term, 2020 Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin Second Term, 2020 Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee First Term, 2020 Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio Second Term, 2022 James Crott, Miami, Florida, first term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, first term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, second term, 2022. Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, first term, 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, first term, 2022. ACB Board of Publications Debbie Lewis, Chair, Clarkston, Washington, Second Term, 2021 Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, Second Term, 2020 Zelda Gebhardt, Edgeley, North Dakota, Partial Term, 2020 Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, Second Term, 2021 Penny Reader, Montgomery Village, Maryland, first term, 2020. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website, via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 518-906-1820. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. 
The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 518-906-1820. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader Stream or from www.acb.org. Slash BF.